Well, I was just about to say uh, good morning, and it's um, good afternoon. Great to see you all. Now, for those of you who don't know, the reason it's so cold is that we've had a burst, and the central heating pipe, when we came in this morning, it was leaking down the back there. So we've got no central heating. So keep your coat on. If you want to rub your hands, we could do that thing, you know, I don't know if you've ever done it, where you can make it sound like it's raining. Have you ever done that? There's a lot of people, and all you do, you get them all to do that. And then you get them to do that. And then you get them to do that. And it gets louder and louder. And it sounds like a storm coming in. And it's, it's very good when you do it. But we're not going to do it. Because we're here to sing our carols. And we're going to start in a moment with the first carol, which is number 13. And it's Silent Night, Silent Night, Holy Night. And what we're going to do, we're going to stand and sing. Number 13, Silent Night. Father, we do thank you again that we can gather in this way and sing these carols in your presence. And we thank you for the, the wonder of the thing that we are celebrating. It is the one we are celebrating. 
The one who came to us as a baby in a manger. The one who grew up to live as we do and say that he had no sin. And our Father, we just thank you that he's the one who gave himself that we might live. The one who hung on the cross, paid the price for our sins so that we could be right with you. Our Father, we ask that you just lead us this afternoon as we sing these carols together and that we might enjoy being in the presence of each other and in the presence knowing that you are here with us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as I said, not only have we got no heating, we've got no amplification. Because, unfortunately, um, the socket uh, got wet. So, if we turn the amplification on, you might go off with a bigger bang than you intended to. So, that's the reason. So, we're going to have to shout. And um, we're going to have to sing really loud. So, let's do that together. And we're going to sing another carol in a moment. It's number 10. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, while you're looking for that one, um, there will be hot drinks, tea, coffee, cold drinks if you want them. Uh, and they will be later. And they will be accompanied by, I'm not sure what, but I think we've got one or two things there for you to enjoy. And we've got somebody's made a special cake. Now, I'll tell you about that later. So you'll have to wait and find out what that is, okay. So let's stand and sing again, and we'll sing, Hark, the herald angels sing. Hark, the herald angels sing. And if you wonder why I go over here when we sing, it's because we're recording it for people who can't be here, and it's being recorded on the phone. And if I stayed here, I think everybody would switch off when they heard my voice. So I go over here. So let's stand and sing. Hark, the herald angels sing. Number 10.
Well, it's great to see so many of you. It's good to see the youngsters as well. Great. And uh, it's good to see Ethel. So, uh, really good. Let, let's give Ethel a big hand, because it's great to be here. Especially for Ethel. And also, she's with Jill. And uh, Jill's going to read a passage for us. I think it's Jill who's number one on this. Are you? No, she's number three. Oh, Jane. It's the J's. The two J's. So Jane is going to read a passage. Now the passage is from um, Luke's Gospel. And it's Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through to verse 38. Thank you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's and the angel went to him and said, Greetings, you who are highly placed and favoured, the Lord is with you. <laughs> Mary was greatly troubled with his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her six months. For no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Thank you, Jane. You know, it's great to read these passages, and we do get familiar with them, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is good. And uh, as they're being read, maybe you recognise some of the words, and you think, I know that bit, and I know that bit. That is great. But it's also great to take a little bit of time and to think about what's really happening. You know, we get so distracted with so many other things, necessary things. You know, you've got to eat, and we go a little bit overboard at Christmas. But that puts a lot of weight on the ladies. As um, I don't know you men, I, I'm one of those who walks behind, maybe pushing the trolley, and uh, getting to the point where Stella knows I've had enough. <laughs> so I know it's a strain for you to actually do that and then the buying of the presents and all that and you know take these moments just to come quietly gather around as it were the crib enjoy singing the carols listen to the passages being read from the Bible so that you know that we're not making this up they're not my words they're God's words so enjoy this time if you feel a bit cold, just, you know, wrap yourselves in. Or if you want to, ask the person next to you if you can just struggle in together. Because that's how you keep warm. That's part of uh, outdoor training, you know. Stay together, keep warm. So, uh, we, we understand that. So if you want to move around a little bit to get a bit warmer, don't worry, as long as you don't start doing laps around inside the church. Great to see the youngsters as well. It really is. Now then, um, we've got another item, and I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I think it might. I don't know. Now, is Enid going to sing? I'll give it 
go. Okay, Ina's going to give it, she's got um, a lovely voice, but at the moment she's got a bit of a cold, a bit of a bad voice. Um, so I'm going to ask Ina to do this then. Um, after that, Matthew's going to take over and take it on from here. I give, well, This morning, um, I was singing these carols. I'm not the world's greatest singer, but if you were standing in the cop, you'd sing your heart out and you wouldn't worry. And I was singing these carols at the top of my voice and I reached a point where I thought, I've got to speak in a few minutes <laughs> and I won't have a voice left and I haven't got a mic. So, uh, but there you go. And I know that Derek is now going to help as well. So we have a duet, I think. And uh, what, what carol are you going to sing? It came upon a midnight clear. It came upon a midnight clear. So we're going to come and... Derek, Derek's going to help me. Yeah. And you can stand Derek's... in front of the mic, but it won't we'll make any difference. stand in front of the mic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, right in the middle. Thank you. 
Thanks for that. Well, we're all going to sing again together now, carol number one in your sheets, and we're going to sing O Little Town of Bethlehem. Number one, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Let's sing. If you want to stand, that'd be great, but if you feel like you'd rather sit down, that's fine as well. next reading which is from Matthew chapter 1 reading from verse 18 to 24 this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together 
She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name, Jesus. We're going to sing again now, carol number six on your sheets. And that is Away in a Manger. And then after that, we've got a reading, which is Luke chapter two. So, Away in a Manger, number six. issued a decree 
that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Thank you very much. We're going to sing number 11, Joy to the World, and then after that we've got a poem. So, number 11... Joy to the world. Let's sing together. Now, Jackie and Adrian are going to give us a hand with this. Um, they are going to play the part of Mary and Joseph. Um, so, actually, their lines on this printout are in blue and red, so clearly that means one of them is an Evertonian, which I didn't realise. Um, but anyway, let's read this poem. It was the night before Christmas, and they searched for a house. A man named Joseph with Mary, his spouse. They were in a strange town, so far from home, crowded with people, yet they felt so alone. Each place that they came to, the answer the same. Sorry, we're full up, no room, try again. So cold as the night closed around them, they almost gave in. Then a glimmer of hope, not much, just a shed at the back of the inn. Ah, this is much better. Said you with the yawn. 
Don't get too settled, you'll be a dad before dawn. Is it really that close? Are you alright? Why didn't you say something? <laughs> You've spoiled the dad. You've had enough on your plate finding somewhere to stay. What do I do? Boil water? Tear sheets? Or get a doctor from time? Ah, oh, just wait, don't worry. Stay calm, settle down. So there in the stable as the world hurried on, Joseph helped Mary to deliver her son. Jesus, God with us, the Saviour is here. Peace and joy to mankind, no need to fear. No one was ready except for the few, the shepherds, the wise men. I wonder, what about you? When you hear this message, what room can you find? An open heart or a shed at the back of your mind? We're going to have uh, our message in just a moment. Before we do, I'm going to pray for my dad who's going to speak to us from God. And by the way, thank you to Mary and Joseph. Uh, that was very good. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that it is this evening to gather here with hope of our salvation, not because we have any confidence in our ability to keep your law, but instead because we have great confidence in what you have done for us. Jesus, that you are God with us, that you stepped into our situation, that you bore the sin that we have committed, that you took the wrath and the punishment that we deserve, and that if we would put our trust in you and ask for your forgiveness, that we can become your people, be free from all of our sin and all of the condemnation that we rightly deserve. And Lord, have hope that one day we will be with you. Lord, we pray that this evening we would see this from your word. And Lord, we pray that if there is anyone here who does not know you, who has not cried out to you for mercy and put their trust in you. Lord, we pray that tonight you would speak to their heart and call them to yourself. I pray for my dad. I pray that what he has prepared is what you would say to us. I pray that you would help him to speak clearly. And Lord, I pray that as he does, it will be your spirit speaking to our hearts. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here. It's really good and it's great to gather and sing these carols and uh, to be able to share the reading of God's word and also thank you for those who helped Mary and Joseph over there I suppose. You all got one of these? Sure you have? It's actually uh, antibacterial surface, great isn't it? We've all become familiar with this over the past few years We've not only come familiar with this sanitizer, but also the reality of sanitization. A thing that's been a great help to all of us over these past years. And it's something that we need to continue. We need to continue to sanitize. Wash your hands. Spray your tops. And make sure everything 
is clean. Sanitized. I'm going to tell you what the dictionary says about this word sanitized. Listen carefully. It says, make clean and hygienic, disinfected to be made more palatable by removing all the elements that are likely to be unacceptable or controversial. That's the dictionary definition of sanitization. Good definition. It means what well, I've just said it means. But I'm going to be controversial. And what I'm going to say to you now is that not everything should be sanitized. Whoa, <laughs> hang on a minute, you know, what, what's he saying here? We've been taught you've got to sanitize, you've got to keep it clean. But did you listen to the definition of sanitization? I hope you did. And I'm going to say that there are certain things that should not be sanitized. And one of them is Christmas. It shouldn't be made clean and hygienic in the way that we're thinking about it. The people we read about, people we read about, the people we go to our Bibles and see, and we come to our Bibles at least Christmas and Easter time. Hopefully you come a lot more than that. But the people we read about, we must let them be seen as real people. They get hurt. They get upset. They laugh and they cry. And sometimes they struggle with the realities of life. Here's a question about what we have read. You heard the readings. You've sung the carols. Here's the question. How do you think Joseph felt when he heard that his wife-to-be was pregnant? How do you think he felt? This is what we read. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. You know, back in those days, being betrothed was a little bit like the engagement here, but the difference was it was a legal act before they were married, once they were betrothed. That was a legal act, and it couldn't be broken other than by divorce. They haven't even been married yet, but they are betrothed. Imagine that. You know, you, you meet somebody and you just get the, the ring and it's legal. And the consequences, if you break that agreement before you've actually married. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. How do you think Mary felt? How did she feel when she was told that she was having a baby? 
On this occasion, Mary was greatly troubled. Greatly troubled. She was perturbed. Why? Because she's a real person. It's not a fairy story. It's not made up. It's the reality of life. Mary, a real person, was troubled. This is what she said. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, how how can it be? It's impossible. Now we know the story. And we know the reasons. We're going to look at them a little bit just for a few moments. But at the time, Mary couldn't understand what was happening to her. Think about that for a moment, because later she was able to say this. And at this point, she still didn't understand fully what was happening. But she said this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She did that, as I said, not understanding what was ahead. Why did she say it? When she was afraid, when she was confused, why did she say it? The reason is, she trusted God. She trusted in what she'd been told. There's a question. What can you trust in today? Sometimes the world seems to be falling apart. What is it that you and I can trust in today? Here's another question, more importantly. Who can we trust in today? I'll leave you to think about that as well. And while you're thinking, here's a quote. It's a quote from the Bible. It's a quote from the Old Testament. It's a quote from one of the prophets. It's called, it's in the Proverbs. And this is what it says. It's Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Listen to these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's the bit. And lean not on your own understanding. In all things, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. That's good advice. Both Mary and Joseph were doing that. Just as Mary trusted God, Joseph trusted God. We read again. I'm going to refer back to these words that we've listened to. And Joseph did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. How about that for trust? How about that for trusting in God? How about that for not trusting in the things that he was probably thinking of and were going round in his head, shall we? I've got to divorce her. I can't have this. I can't go on with this. But no. How how, how did Mary feel when she heard that news and then she thought of the consequences? How is this going to happen to me? What will people think? Why did they feel like that? Because they were real people like you and I. And the truth is, if it was us, we would probably feel like that as well. The difference was, in those difficult times, they trusted God. Okay. They're trusting in God. 
Did this mean that life was going to be easy? Everyday life for them? Now that they've trusted God, will it suddenly get better? Will all the problems disappear? Would the rumours, and there would have been rumours, would the rumours stop? Would there be no gossiping? Oh, people love to gossip, don't they? You heard about Mary and Joseph? Ed what? Whoa, I don't know about that, do you? Wait till I go and tell Mrs. So-and-so down the road. Yeah. That would have happened. Why? Because they're real people. It was happening. People could see it. The family, the friends, everybody. You can't hide a pregnancy, can you? You know, once things start. <laughs> would have happened. The cold shoulder from friends and neighbours. Did that all go away? I don't think so. Why? Because they are real people. Both Mary and Joseph would have had, think about this, nine months of those side glances from family, from friends, from people who didn't understand exactly how she felt. Little wonder that we can read on and we can read that Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Someone who would understand exactly how she felt. Here's another thought for Christmas for us. Mary, all this gossip, all this going on, didn't fully understand what was happening. Knew that God was behind it, was trusting in God. She wanted to go and speak to somebody and she went to a trusted friend. It's good to have a friend. <coughs> well, here's the thought for this Christmas. It's also good to be a friend. Get that? You know how good it is to have a friend. But it's also good to be a friend. So there's a challenge. Even though what must have been difficult days for Mary, she wrote a song. She wrote this song, and she wrote it with words that start, my soul glorifies the Lord. Listen to just a little bit of that song that she wrote. You can read it all in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, going through to the end. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. That song is called the Magnificat. Because God is being magnified by Mary. It's a song about the trust that she had in God, trust in the Lord, at what must have been a really difficult time in her life. And when she wrote that song, and she wrote those words, she could see a light at the end of the tunnel. You ever been like that? We have problems, don't we? We have worries. We don't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. What was the difference with Mary? The difference was she trusted in God. 
She had that faith. She had that belief. You know, this couple, in those difficult days, Mary is heavily pregnant. Can things get any worse? Well, on top of that, they did. Because they had a problem with the tax man. And it was a problem that couldn't be solved by just firing off an email. They had to travel from where they were to the place which was the hometown of Joseph. And they had to register. And if they didn't do that, they would be breaking the law. Because the tax man wanted to know the details. It required a journey. Now listen to this. A journey of about four days and nights on foot or with a donkey. Under normal circumstances, it was an unpleasant journey. Mary being heavily pregnant, it would have been even more unpleasant. But even worse than that, she was about to give birth. And they couldn't find a place to stay. That's a nightmare situation. Now the manger scene, this is what I want you to get hold of this evening, is this. The manger scene is not a nice place. It looks nice in our little crib scene here. It looks nice on the Christmas cards. It really is. And when we see it, you can gather around this and the, the word would be, ah, isn't that nice? But these are real people. And it wouldn't have been like that. It would have been lonely. It would have been dark. It would have been cold. It would have been damp. And more than that, it would have been smelly. Because wherever they were, there'd probably be animals. Maybe, as in the poem, at the back of the inn. And this is what Christmas is really all about. Real people. This is what Christmas is for. Real people. Just like you and I. A man and a woman. And through the eyes of onlookers, we're putting what seemed to be the start of a marriage that was heading for disaster. That's what people would have thought. The start of a marriage which was heading for disaster. The physical pain. The disruption of having to make that journey. Under horrendous circumstances. In order to keep the tax man happy. Can you think of anything worse? You know, your wife is pregnant. And you just can't go on your own. You've both got to go. How are you going to get there? You can't take the bus. You can't take a train. You can't take a plane. You've got to walk, probably with a donkey, so that Mary could sit on the donkey. You're going to be travelling for four days and four nights. And when you get there, everybody else is there as well. You know, when you go into town, you can't find a shop you can fit into. How about going somewhere and finding You can't even get a bed for the night. Why did 
God. The God who they were trusting in. Why did God allow this to happen? We're trusting in you, God. <laughs> why, why do we have to go and make this journey? Why is it that when we... Why aren't you providing for us? Because he wasn't, was he? Everything was going wrong. Why couldn't life be made easy? Do you know why? Well, first of all, the real people like you and me. How's your life? How's your problems? How are the things that trouble you and worry you? And maybe you say, where are you, God? Where are you? Mary and Joseph, they said, we don't understand, but we're going to trust in you. The reason is, and here's the reason, the reason is, so that this evening, you and I, here in Croxton, can see the real reason for Christmas. Oh, people will come up with all the reasons for Christmas. It's a time that we can get together as a family. Hang on, can't you do that any time? Shouldn't you do that any time? It's a time when we sit down and have a big spread. Hang on, can't you do that any time? Don't you do that sometimes? It's a time when everybody can be nice to each other. Why, why, why Christmas? Is that the real reason so we can all be nice to each other? To say, good morning, Merry Christmas. Well, it is nice to do that, but that's not the real reason. But people will come up with these reasons. Why, why, why is Christmas? What do we do at Christmas? What does it mean? Well, it means I can see the family. It means I can have a good meal. It means I can go out with the mates. It means I can get together with the people in the office and we can all go and have a meal together. Yeah, that's all great. Why? Why Christmas? That's not the real meaning of Christmas. Although it's great and we enjoy it. I'm not knocking it. I'm just trying to put it into perspective. You know, imagine at your being birth, your birthday. Big party and nobody talked to you. Nobody mentioned your name. Nobody even looked at you. Nobody acknowledged you. You just go and sit in the corner. It's my birthday. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's get on with everything else. It was part of the price that was paid so that you and I could see the real Christmas and understand the gift of Christmas. A gift that would bring us a baby who would grow up, and this is it, to be like every one of us. This birth, with all its problems, with all its pain... <laughs> I know you ladies have had babies. <laughs> you know about the pain. You know about the agony. I've only seen it as an onlooker. I've not felt it. But you ladies will know that. And this baby would grow up to be like you and I. He was born as low as you could come. But he would go. And as a man, he would die on a cross. That's the reason he came. 
But why come the way he did? Because we need to know that he was like us in every way other than he knew no sin. Why did he know no sin? Because he was God with us. That was one of the titles given to him. His name was Jesus. He was the Christ. And he is God with us. Emmanuel. Starting to see the importance of Christmas, the importance of that birth the way it was, because we can identify with that, because we can see that Jesus went through it like every one of us. We all entered the world like that. He became one of us in every way. 1 Peter, in our Bibles, chapter 2, verse 22, as he speaks about Jesus, he said, He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. He didn't. There was no evidence to show that. Even the Jewish leaders tried to find evidence and couldn't find it. Pilate asked for evidence that this man had done anything wrong. No evidence was shown. That's the only difference. That was the God part of who he is. But the rest of who he is was human. God with us like you and me and he's been there done that felt that he's been through the pain Mary and Joseph went through the agonies of the humble birth and throughout his life he was treated as an outcast cast out by everybody apart from those who saw who he really was the writer to the Hebrews Put it this way. This is in the New Testament. Therefore, since we have such a great high priest, how is Jesus described as being a great high priest? Because he can represent us before his Father directly. He was the great high priest who ascended into heaven some of his disciples saw him go. The tomb was empty. There was no body found. Jesus, the Son of God, this is Hebrews going, carrying on. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy or weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. What pains have you felt? What troubles have you felt? He felt them. What disappointments have you had? He's had them. How many times have you felt alone? He's felt alone. How many times have you felt rejected? He was rejected. But he didn't sin. And the writer of the Hebrews goes on. Let us then approach God's throne. By grace. With confidence. So that we may receive mercy. And find grace to help us. In our time of need. Two things there. Mercy and grace. This is God's mercy. That he has for us. No matter what we've done. This is God's grace. 
That is, he can give us what we don't deserve. You can't earn or buy God's mercy or grace. The price is too high. You can't buy it. You can't be right with God just by splashing your money around. You can't know his mercy by just trying to prove yourselves as being a better person. But you can receive it. You know, you might be surprised that I was inspired to look at these verses and to bring them to you in this way by a television advert. Yeah? And it was a supermarket television advert. And you've all probably seen it. It was Lidl's supermarket advert. And I watched it. And I thought about it. And it started me reading the Christmas story again. It started me looking at the real Christmas. And I thought, this is what people need to know. Oh, the little advert might be nice to look at. And you go, oh, yeah, that's nice. And you might go and buy some food. And little, that's what it's meant to do. That's why it's there. This Christmas advert of little shows us a pullover that shrank in the wash to a size that would fit a little girl's teddy bear. Ah. The little girl lost her teddy bear. Then as the advert goes on, the little girl finds her teddy bear at a table full of Christmas food while the voiceover speaks these words. Now you might miss these words, but when you watch that little advert and you watch that end bit as the little girl finds her little teddy and you all go, ah, listen to what the voiceover says. Christmas Day came and everything she wished for even her little bear big hug tasty food narrative complete now that is a Christmas you can believe in hey <laughs> now that is a Christmas you can believe in Christmas Day came and everything she wished for. Oh, even her little bear. Oh, big hugs and tasty food. And then narrative complete. That's meaning everything that needs to be said has been said. And then it goes on. Now that's a Christmas you can believe in. Hey, is that really a Christmas you can believe in? I don't think so. Sadly, that is the Christmas that many people will believe in. Why? Right, I'm going to finish now from where I started. And I started with this. What was it? Sanitization. Yeah? Okay. A sanitized Christmas. I'll tell you what that is. And this is from the dictionary definition. Clean and hygienic, that becomes more palatable.
by removal of the elements that are likely to be unacceptable or controversial. The truth of Christmas in the world today is unaccessible, (laughs) unacceptable by many people and seen as being controversial. That's the way the world is going. Sanitise Christmas. You shouldn't sanitise Christmas. What about a sentimental Christmas? Here's another thing from the dictionary. Feelings of tenderness, that's okay. Sadness or nostalgia, but this is it. That are no more than an exaggerated, self-indulgent way of seeing things. That's good, isn't it? That's just selfishness. Seeing things how you want to see them. Or is it? Apart from being a sanitised Christmas, is it a sanctified Christmas? There's the two words. Sanctified. The real Christmas of sanctification. Big word. Just keep that in mind. It's the action of being freed from sin, purified and being declared as holy, made holy by believing in the one who came to save his people from their sins. He came to do what nobody else could do. He took our sins to the cross, where he suffered the punishment that should be ours. As we include the word, as we include the true elements of Christmas, things that are likely to be unacceptable or controversial. How do we make them acceptable and not controversial? We tidy them up and we remove the things that we don't like and we look at them through a different set of eyes. But like all truth, what we've looked at this evening, we must face and not brush under the carpet. Listen to what Jesus said. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So this is the Christmas that you not only can believe in, but the Christmas that you must believe in. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is the Christmas that you not only can believe, it's the one you must believe. And Mark, in his gospel, said this. What good is it if someone gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? You know, there's great joy in Christmas. When you accept the real gift of Christmas. When you accept that baby in the manger. As the man who hung on the cross. Who then ascended into heaven. Took the weight of your sins and my sins. Placed them before a holy God. And said look. This is Eddie Frost's sins. This is his sins. Her sins. And they've accepted me. They believe what I've done. They put their trust in it. And so I've come to prepare a place for them. 
That's the real meaning of Christmas. And I can believe in that. I can believe in the little advert. But I can't believe it's Christmas. And what's Christmas about? It's just about having hugs, which is great. It's about having loads of nice food, which is great. But that's not the real Christmas. So we have to face the facts. And we've done that this afternoon. We're going to do, we're just going to pray and we're going to sing another carol. And then we're going to have food and uh, we're going to have tea, coffee. But what I want to do, I've got some things for you. Um, I've got some of these little books here, so if you take one for each family, and, um, you can read it. It's called uh, The Four Emotions of Christmas. It's by Bob Lapine. Some of us know who Bob Lapine is. And also, uh, one of these magazines, it's called Life Magazine. It's got loads of good things in it. On the front here, uh, there's a delicious marble recipe for a, uh, a Maltese case, case. And I gave one of these to one of the ladies who is here tonight. And she's made one of these cakes. And it looks like that. It was Betty. Oh, no, no, it was Oh, hey, hang on a minute. Come here. Stand up, Oliver. Betty took the magazine. Oliver made the cake. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and everybody can have one of these. You can keep your carol sheets as well. And um, before we sing our last, our, oh, let's sing our last carol first, and then we'll pray. And our last carol is uh, number twelve. Oh, come all ye faithful. This is a great carol.
Father, we just thank you again for this time you spent in your presence. We ask your continued blessing upon us now as we enjoy this friendship, fellowship and food together. And we ask these things in your precious name. Amen.